Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today I'm going to be joined here by my counterparts. We're going to be joined by the one and only Ravishing Rudy Campos, <laughs> which is one part of the Sports Dime. How's it going, Rudy? Going good, man. For a Wednesday, it's surprisingly going pretty good for me. Usually yeah. middle of the week is tough. Yeah, and then you're doing double duty because later on you're going to be uh, doing your live stream for Sweep the League talking NBA draft, NBA, MLB, and and boxing yeah. for that matter. So you're going to cover everything. Yeah, covering all that. Can't forget the uh, tells from the Sunshine State as one of oh, our popular God. segments. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Geo's specialty. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a fan favorite. So we're looking well, forward to see what he's got for us tonight. Yeah, the Sunshine State never lets you down. Anything that you never. want, as far as the weird news goes, you always look to Florida first, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to be joined here by Josh Paredes, which is a contributor to Project Spurs, and he also yes, thank you for having me again. Yeah, and he also writes for another outlet too. I think it's by the name of Air Alamo. So. Josh was busy actually doing an article for Project Spurs where they were talking draft talk between him and also our good friend Benjamin Bornstein, which is Project Spurs resident uh, NBA draft specialist. So they had a, a realistic draft draft scenario for you. So go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that, J Josh. Yeah, so it kind of stemmed around um, we wanted to do a, another giveaway that we've been doing each month for Project Spurs. And um, I wanted to center one around the draft since I knew after the draft would uh, the draft lottery took place, people would be kind of looking, you know, online. Who are the Spurs interested in? Who should they be interested in? Yeah. So I just kind of approached Ben and I was like, hey, you've done so many prospect watches already. So let's try to rank, you know, your top ones, uh, maybe your top 10, top 15 or something. We settled on 12 because I knew they were going to, you know, stay at 12. I yeah. already had the entire thing ready. I was like, it's, it's very slim chance. They will, they will rise up to the top four. Um, so we got that up this morning. It's his top 12 rankings. And I just kind of included a, a little blurb about each player and a link to their profiles. So yeah, projectspurs.com. There's also a, a contest on Twitter. If you go to the project Spurs Twitter, um, you can see all about that and enter to win a Memorial day miracle print art piece. So, there you go. Stuff. You yeah. could win that art piece, Rudy. All you got to do is enter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I do like me some art, though. Yeah, and then you can try to flip it and sell it to Carolina for like triple the <laughs> price. <laughs> yeah, you know me too well. Yeah, there you go. It's the, the old car collector in you, man. You gotta, you gotta flip that. <laughs> exactly right. You make a, you pay a good buck, but you make even more. And that's yeah. Go for card collecting. And there you go. Speaking of flipping things, we're gonna go ahead and dive in here, and we're gonna talk about the San Antonio Spurs and the NBA draft lottery. We found out yesterday that the San Antonio Spurs uh, officially got the twelfth pick in the NBA in the upcoming NBA draft. It'll be coming up here in a couple weeks, and the order goes as follows. Number 14 were the, was the Warriors, 13 the Pacers, 12, of course, the Spurs, number 11, Hornets, 10, Pelicans, 9, Kings, 8, Magic, 7, Warriors, 6, Thunder, and, the, and number 5, this was a shocker to me, the Magic. And if you saw the look on that GM's face, Rudy, he was not having it. That dude was ready to break something. I felt for him. He was livid, dude. Can you imagine, Rudy? 
Yeah, I mean, you know what? The the uh, lottery is meant to break hearts every year, <laughs> and we definitely saw a heartbreak yesterday. That is for damn sure. Well, we saw what it looked like. You know, that's for damn yeah. sure. <laughs> so it looks like the magic have been delegated to NBA purgatory for quite some time now. So pour some out for the magic, you know. At number four, we had the Raptors. Three, the Cavs. Cavs don't need any more damn help. I hear they're trying to unload Kevin Love, but we'll see how how that goes. Um, Number two, I don't even want to mention the Rockets, all right. (laughs) Number one were, you know, the Pistons. Detroit Pistons, Detroit basketball. You know, that to me was kind of surprising. I didn't think mm-hmm. they'd get the number one pick. I kind of thought it would be the Rockets, honestly. You know, so I'm glad it was it was not the Rockets. I'm glad it was the Pistons. So good for them. Good for that city. You know, good for, for the fan base there. Uh, I know uh, Jalen Rose was quite excited when he was covering the, the Suns Clippers sure. game yesterday. He was doing a little dance and everything because <laughs> he's a, a Detroit, you know, Detroit's his hometown. So he was really yeah. excited. Uh, were any of you guys, we'll, we'll start with you, Josh, were you, uh, you know, taken aback uh, of the draft order or is it something that you expected? Um, it mostly went as expected. I was really just hoping that the Rockets would fall out of the top five so that they would have to give up, <laughs> give their, up pick. their pick. <laughs> that was one of the big things I was hoping for. It didn't happen. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do, though, because they kind of already have a Mobley in Christian Wood, like, He's a big that can shoot very well. He killed the Spurs this year. I'm sure they'll still take Mobley. It's probably not a bad problem to have two, you know, stretch bigs that can do a little bit of everything. Um, but as far as everyone else, you know, Spurs, I figured they would land at 12. Uh, they have a lot of homework to do. There's a lot of people they can go for. Um, Detroit at one, that's fine. I mean, they're in the East, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And Rudy, any any surprises there beyond the the Orlando Magic? You know, even though it was kind of a surprise for the Magic, it's still not a complete wash for them. They're still going to get uh, another top ten pick. You know, the eighth pick for the because they have to swap it with Chicago. So, I mean, the Orlando Magic should be you know a little bit happier than what we saw last night because you're getting two top ten picks in this draft. But as far as you know, the top four, I mean. The Houston pick kind of surprises me in the sense of they're not getting Cade Cunningham number one, obviously. Uh, the Mobley pick right here is kind of a head scratcher only because, like Josh said, you've got Christian Wood there who proved that he can handle his position. I almost see them maybe getting a green or a Suggs right there to go along with the Wood. So we may see Mobley drop to three at Cleveland. That's uh that would be a significant drop because then again Cleveland is so much in a rebuild. I mean, there's a lot of teams that potentially could try to make a move for that third spot if Mobley is available right there. But outside of the top four, I mean, I, I kind of I'm not really surprised on anything. I'm kind of glad to see Orlando, who I pegged was the next landing point for Becky Hammond, getting two top ten picks just makes it even more interesting for something like that to happen. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and kind of move on here a little bit, and we're going to talk about prospects. I know me and Ben uh, talked about some prospects immediately after uh, the NBA draft lottery. You know, so we're going to go ahead and talk about some prospects, and I'm going to pitch it to you guys because I got a list of of guys here up on my board already. But I want to see what you guys have as far as 
prospects that we need to be on the lookout for. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with you, Josh. Who are your names that you want to throw out? Yeah, so this is kind of the first uh, offseason where I've done some actual research and diving into prospects. Um, I haven't really done that in the past, so but I've been needing to do that for writing and and also been working with Ben for some stuff. So I'm kind of I kind of defer to a lot of his picks, honestly, because you know all of his assessments and what I've watched from them, guys like uh, Kai Jones, Corey Kispert, his, and his shooting. Um, his his top pick is uh, Franz Wagner, so uh, he looks really good. Also at that, uh, I'll throw one dark horse out there as somebody that I looked into internationally was uh, Al Prince and Goon. I wrote about him at Air Alamo. He could be somebody that uh, some people are saying he could even rise up into like the top 10. Um, he does have some question marks in terms of his defense, but, you know, he is super young and he's already dominating <laughs> over uh, internationally. So that's one to kind of look at maybe as the time gets closer, um, see if there's any noise around that, especially with the Spurs always wanting to go international. Um, so yeah, some of those names, I would say. All right. What about you, Rudy? What prospects do you want to throw out there for Spurs fans to keep an eye on? You know, I mean, I've got a bunch of prospects that I'm looking at, especially since we know for sure that you're going at the drafting at number 12. Uh, the hottest prospect right now is, uh, Moses Moody out of Arkansas, six, six guard, 205 pounds, three and D type guy. Something that the Spurs actually really love in players is a three and D player. Uh, definitely can shoot the ball, can stretch the uh, defense out for sure. He's a great defender. Also, you know, you got guys like Kai Jones out of Texas, 6'11", 220 pounds. This guy can get up and down the court with the best of them. He has he can jump out of the building, but he also can shoot it from three. I mean, he shot 38% from three-point last year. I know the NBA line is a little bit further back, but he does have shooting ability. And at 6'11", that's a benefit for the Spurs. I really would like him to see Keon Johnson out of Tennessee, another guard. Uh, definitely a player that can defend the ball. He's a really good on-ball defender. I've seen comparisons to like an Avery Bradley pretty much. So, I mean, a player like that does kind of make sense for this first. I just feel Keon is getting more love in the top 10 than anything. Uh, ben, Ben's mentioned it before, Corey Kispert. You know, you want a deadly shooter from, uh, you know, from the outside. Corey Kispert is probably the guy you want to go. Uh, but one guy that I've seen mentioned a lot that I don't get is Franz Wagner out of Michigan. Uh, I, I still don't see him transitioning to the NBA as well as a lot of analysts are saying that he is. Uh, he's been pegged to the Spurs a few times in some of the uh, draft boards. I just don't see it. I don't know why. Uh, I just don't see his game transitioning very well. But, you know, also you got to remember, too, uh, Josh Giddy is, for whatever reason, flying up on people's draft boards, too point guard he's six foot eight he's a, a miraculous passer he's got to improve his jump shot but when you have a guy like chip england on the bench i mean if your jump shot sucks a la ben simmons i'm sure you could fix it with with chip england <laughs> on the bench yeah well those aren't bad picks i, I gotta tell you what i'm gonna talk to you about mine right now <clears throat> i'm gonna throw some names out there but i'm gonna come circle back to you uh rudy some of the names i'd like to throw out again of course were Corey kitzbert uh i like scotty barnes as well me, uh, Ben had talked about Franz uh, Wagner, and I, I kind of with you on that one, Rudy. He's kind of iffy in my book. I mm. also like Jalen Johnson. I like Kai Jones. Kai Jones intrigues me. But another mm. uh, prospect that I want to talk to you about right now is a name that hasn't really been thrown out there for uh, the San as far as the San Antonio Spurs go is Isaiah Jackson. 
I kind of like this kid, man. I, I mean, he's a he's probably one of the better defenders in the 2021 draft class. He's quick. He's a quick leaper. You know, he's quick to get off the floor. Has a quick second jump. Uh, the only thing is, he can be too aggressive at times, trying to block shots. Kind of needs to settle down. Uh, he has legit power forward size, excellent length. You know, uh, he's great and nimble. Uh, you know, guarding the wing. Um, he has great agility. You know, and and I just like this kid, man. the The only thing is, he's one of you know, as far as a draft prospect goes, he's a work in progress. You know, mm-hmm. but he has all the tools that you do want out of somebody at this position. Uh, the thing is, should the Spurs gamble and potentially get this kid, or is he more of a later uh, pick, like maybe a second-round pick in your opinion? Uh, you know, actually, Isaiah Jackson is probably looking at right now of a draft position between 20 and 24. He's going to be right in the 20. So if the Spurs really are interested in a player like Isaiah Jackson – Trading down in the draft definitely would help. I'm sure you've got teams like there, like Oklahoma City, who's drafting at 18, may want to trade up to get another prospect. You can probably get somebody and maybe another draft pick for Oklahoma City uh, to trade down to get an Isaiah Jackson. He's a very intriguing, uh, definitely very intriguing uh, prospect, 6'10", 210 pounds from Kentucky. I mean, yeah, he can definitely block a lot of shots. Average, I think, two and a half, three blocks a game last year at Kentucky. But a very, very raw talent right yeah. there. And that's kind of one where you're thinking like, okay, who did we lately draft that's kind of raw that we're still waiting on? That's one Lucas Samonic right now. So are the Spurs fans willing to go this Lucas Samonic route and just kind of gently and remotely, you know, just get him to come along? I don't know if that's a, a draft pick, another draft pick you want to, you know, use right there because automatically he's going to go to Austin. Yeah. If you're sticking at 12, I mean – there is a prospect that's actually moving up that's similar to Jackson, and that's one Jalen Johnson out of Duke. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got more of a talented game surrounding him overall, uh, both on defense and offense. So if you're going to take a gamble, I would say a Jalen Johnson, who right now draft position is probably around 15 to 18. That would be one guy to take a uh, definitely uh, uh, a flyer on is Jalen Johnson. He's got some of, size uh, on him, too, 6'8", 215, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, he's around 6'8", 6'9", yeah. About 215, 220. Yeah. He ain't a pushover. In other words, he got some meat on his bones. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just the bad thing about Jalen Johnson is his his work ethic, but it's his personality, his attitude. Uh, it's not the greatest attitude. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of personal tags that come along with him. Ben mentioned it before. Oh, he's out then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the first thing people say. Ben's mentioned it's his personal, his personal tags. If he can get rid of those and become a, a stand-up NBA player, this kid has a massive ceiling. I mean, you could definitely get the, a lot of potential out of him. Yeah, and that's the thing yeah, with the draft. You, you're always trying to gamble. Of, uh, Go ahead, Josh. I'm sorry. 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 Uh, um, speaking of Jackson, I was just looking a little bit on like recent news. I don't know if you saw that he he withdrew from the combine because he might already have a guarantee in the draft. Um, it was on 247 Sports or saying that he likely received a guarantee in the summer's 2021 NBA draft and that ESPN has the Spurs selecting him at 11. So something interesting. Maybe he, he already has knows with it, that a team is going to select him. Not saying that's the Spurs. They're just kind of throwing it out there that that's the ESPN mock. But that's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's going to be a lot of News and rumors coming out ahead of the NBA draft. You know, a lot of deals going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. I'm sure the Spurs have already started doing 
they're just they're they're just dues and and their homework and and looking and scouting a ton of these guys. You know, more than likely, what's going to happen is we're naming all these prospects, and they're going <laughs> to pick some yeah. guy that we don't even know existed, and all of a sudden we're going to be like, oh, okay, well, he seems like he might be interesting, and he's going to probably probably be delegated to the the Austin Spurs. And be an NBA purgatory over there for what a season or two, and then Spurs fans will roast him the minute he comes out here, gets a deer in the headlights look, you know, and there mm-hmm. you go, you know. The, the, that sounds, yeah, yeah. Cycle Very continues. Likely. Cycle continues. You know, mm-hmm. the verdict's still out on Lucas Samanich, man. I mean, like, I mean, come on, the kid had a better second season. You know, let's see what some of these prospects can develop into. You know, you can't. You can't expect them to come right in and be like a a Tony Parker, or a Tim Duncan, you know, David Robinson kind of player, Manu Ginobili. Uh, these are generational type players, you know, and I think Spurs fans, we're tired of losing. I'll be honest with you. I'm tired of losing, you know. I'm tired of not making the playoffs. I want to get back in the game, you know, and they're looking at all the teams in front of us getting better. I get it, you know, but I mean, it's a process, you know, so. Hopefully, maybe if the Spurs are thinking correctly in the in the right train of mind, maybe they're going to go and get somebody at twelve that can contribute to the team immediately instead of having to send somebody to the Austin Spurs and have them develop. If they already have the skill sets, you know that that are needed to help at the next level, let's play the kid. You know, let let's see what he can contribute because really, in the absence of Lamarcus Aldridge, we need some size. You know, that's one of the big uh, issues that the Spurs are going to have to address. Uh, we need a big man. You know, we, we we need a nimble big man that can shoot, can rebound, kind of suck in that defense and open up the game uh, for our perimeter jump shooters. I mean, we're a jump shooting team. And when the jumper's not going, we see what happens. You know, the Spurs look horrid. Can't <laughs> They can't sink down a shot. And the three-pointers, forget about it. You know, we, we don't have anybody can shoot the three. So we have some big issues that need to be addressed. Let's see if it even happens. What do you think the possibilities of the Spurs drafting someone, Rudy, and him being able to contribute immediately. You think that's just a pipe dream, or is that an act, is that something that can actually happen? You know, like any draft pick, you've got to hit it. That's the most important thing. But if you're looking at the 2021 draft, we've been saying it for a very long time. This draft is deep. It's deep from top to bottom. It's a very guard-heavy draft, but you do have potential superstars in this draft. It's just a matter of where you get them and who falls to you. I mean, if you're looking at the Spurs at 12, like we said, a Kai Jones, uh, possibly a Jalen Johnson, even an Isaiah Jackson, who's still going to be a project. I think out of those guys, if you're looking at a big man, Kai Jones is obviously one guy that can come in and develop. Are you going to put him above a Yacoperto right away? Probably not. I mean, you're not going to start, you know, start him ahead of him, but then you look at Drew Eubanks. I mean, Kai Jones should definitely get more run than Drew Eubanks this year. Uh, behind a, you know, uh, a Yaka Perto, but eventually probably take over that starting spot. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's almost like John Collins, who everybody wants to sign in the offseason. He would so be the cheaper version. Sign him for all that? Yeah, why are you going to go sign a John Collins for <laughs> a max deal, but you get a Kai Jones who's similar to a John Collins yeah. and through the draft? Uh, there's a lot of players, Joe, that you, you, can, you can definitely have see them on the floor. I don't have any disrespect towards a guy like Devin Vassell, who was drafted last year. But Devin Vassell came into the league. He he played good. He had his moments. Is he an impact player right now? 
probably in season two, he's going to be more of an impact player. He's going to get the minutes that he deserves. But when you've got a draft like this where you have the potential for superstars and immediate stars in the league, these guys should get run right away. At least the lottery guys should get run right away on these teams. Yeah, I feel you on that one too, Rudy. I, yes. I'm tired. I'm tired of losing. What do you? How are you feeling, Josh? I mean, I'm tired of losing too. <laughs> I uh, I also agree about Vassell. Obviously, I'm always high on Vassell. Um, I think he was a brilliant choice uh, last year, and he's the prototype spur in every sense. So I, I would like him to be uh, have a pretty big role this season. I know he kind of fell off with, you know, um, pop, like deciding to play Rudy and, and Patty and, and stuff like that's that. That's because him. we like the team we have, Josh, you know, we that. Like the team we have, we <laughs> like the veteran leadership. Um, so I think that, I mean, I can see, I can see whoever this first pick getting minutes, uh, especially in the lottery. Cause you know, I feel like a lot of the times they weren't getting minutes because they were, you know, second round or, or late first round guys and they just weren't really worthy of them. Uh, we saw what Pop did with Vassell because he, he was an 11th pick for a reason. Um, so hopefully he kind of builds on that depending on who he gets and also gives the new guys some run and chooses somebody with an attitude like Vassell that will just wait for his name to be called on and uh, can accept that he's not going to be playing every night. He's not going to be getting a lot of minutes at first, but he needs to just uh, pound the rock and, and get there. Yeah, the only thing that I got, the only gripe I have with Devin Vassell is we just need to get him some some barbecue. Maybe we can count on your <laughs> your buddies to get him some ribs and bar- brisket, feed him some <laughs> tortilla, you know, babacoa, big red. He just needs to put on a little bit more weight, you know, because he's kind of, you know, too skinny out there. <laughs> you know, he's going to get pushed around. Yeah, a little middle arms there, but yeah. a little like Luca. Yeah, he he, also. Just, he needs some San Antonio home cooking, Rudy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about that. I'm not able to eat all the good stuff anymore for a while, so <laughs> I don't know about well, that. Maybe you but can recommend him some Burger Boy. <laughs> you, I, I definitely can do that. Probably get him some Burger Boy as there well. You, go. you know, real quick on the losing part, I, I get that losing is frustrating, but if we take a big step back and look... Losing is the reason why the Atlanta Hawks are in the position they are right now. Mm-hmm. Losing is the reason why the Phoenix Suns are in the position they are right now. And no, I'm I mean, not giving Carolina teams. T credit for that call out. I, I, I don't think I ever really <laughs> came down on her for taking the Suns and saying they're going to be good. But at the same time, when I made that comment, it was more of a uh, they didn't have CP3 at that yeah. time. So, uh, But, I mean, you've got a lot of young teams out here that are now starting to come around. So... Losing is not always a bad thing unless, you know, you're the Atlanta Falcons where losing is just a part of life. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> or you're a Giants, accurate. San Francisco Giants fan. <laughs> hey, the Giants are doing fantastic this year, so I'm happy. And we've got our titles. Atlanta, Atlanta could have won a title if it was given to them. Yeah, Ru- Rudy's doing, he's, he needs a solid already, man. The Giants have <laughs> disappointed him for long enough. It's time for, for the Giants and their fans to get back to the promised land. I'm sure he'll talk about that. On his uh, sweep the league uh, live stream later on tonight. Oh yeah, for sure. <clears throat> but moving on here, we're gonna go ahead and and give us give our takes here for ranking the best draft picks San, the San Antonio Spurs have ever drafted. And what I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw some names out there right now. We're gonna mm-hmm. go with and we can you can change them up in any in, in any way you want. I'm just throwing names out there. You have Alvin Robinson, Rob 
Robertson, sorry, Sean Elliott, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and then we can fight over Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. You can only have five, and your top five. So it's you know there's there's some names out there. Unfortunately, George Gervin, you can't really put him in there because he wasn't drafted by the San Antonio Spurs. Right. You know, so you have you have to throw that name out of out of the the mix right away. But we'll go ahead and start with you, Josh. Who are you putting in yeah. your top five as far as the San Antonio Spurs' top five draft picks of all time? Okay, so when you threw this out to me, I, I'm more emphasizing the pick part of it. The fact that they chose somebody before other people saw what was coming with those guys. So it's not necessarily going to be, you know, the top five, like the greatest five Spurs because obviously, you know, like you said, Gervin would be up there, but he wasn't a pick. Um, so I would actually have Tony at, at five for being the last pick in the first round. He was 28th. Everybody passed him up. I know Boston was extremely close to getting him, but then their owner was like, I don't want a French man. So then they just <laughs> decided not to. That's, uh, that's in his book. So uh, Boston has really gotten screwed with uh, Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. And I think there was a third way that the Spurs had <laughs> have gotten them. So, um, so I would have Tony up there. I would have Alvin at four, um, just, you know, obviously his career, he was the seventh pick. So it, it was expected he would be that great. Um, I actually going back to, you know, the Valley for the pick number three is Ginobili for me. Um, second to last pick in the, 1999 a draft took him a couple years to even come over everybody was like who is this manu ginobili guy ginobili uh, yeah 57th pick i mean that's a ridiculous that's ridiculous he was picked. He let's, let's be honest he was picked dead last you know like if you're in a game of pickup <laughs> basketball yeah. you were picked dead damn last that was right manu. i mean he literally almost was i think there were 58 picks and mm-hmm. he was 57th so you yeah. gotta have him in there Obviously, two and one would just be the Twin Towers. David, two. Tim, one. Um, pretty self-explanatory. They were both first picks, obviously. But, I mean, I'm I'm going back to just greatness at this point for the top two. So, those are mine. Kind of hurts. You didn't put Dwayne Shinses in there in, anywhere. He's number six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nobody threw in Sean Higgins. No Tony Massenberg. I was like, okay. Hey, I didn't say Sean Elliott. That has to be an honorable mention. <laughs> Okay, but, you're going to throw him in yeah. as an honorable mention. The Ninja. Yes, okay. of course he has to be up there, yeah. Even though he sunk down the, the Memorial Day miracle and kind of propelled us into that first chip. But, yeah. Well, you get an honorable mention, Sean Elliott. So if you're listening here, what's your ha- Twitter handle, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, shout me out, Josh810, and you can argue your case. There you go. And Rudy, I'm interested to hear what your top five Spurs draft picks of all time are going to be. Throw it at us, brother. Yeah, you know, thank God it's five because, I mean, if you say the uh, Mount Rushmore of Spurs, there's so many arguments over that. There is. I'm going to go down. You know, obviously the greatest draft pick in, you know, Spurs history was one Jan Mahini back in 2005. Oh, my God. Now, I'm just playing. Obviously, Tim Duncan drafted number one. Product, you know, it wasn't for him. Titles wouldn't be in San Antonio. Number two, David Robinson, obviously, is the top two, you know, top two guys right there, the draft picks right there. David Robinson, the Admiral, brought San Antonio back into the, you know, like staple of things, made him contenders every year. Number three, I I go with Alvin Robertson as three. I, I just say this. 
if people could get over his off the court antics and stuff, <laughs> Alvin Robertson would be the number three spur of all time. I mean, this guy did a lot for the franchise. You know, he was a hell of a player. One of only what four or five players with a quadruple double. I mean, this kid was amazing. I loved watching him play. Yeah. Number four, if it's not for him, I still say we do not have our first title. It's Sean Elliott himself, the Memorial Day miracle. If he doesn't make that shot, Sean Elliott drops all the way down out of the top five for me. <laughs> but he did make it. So, no, I mean, he did make the shot. Great player before that shot was even, you know, thought of. But without that shot, we don't have title number one. Then I go to five. Is it Ginobili? You know, is it Tony Parker? Do a coin flip? No, I, I, you know, it's it's so nitpick for me. Uh, I go with Manu Ginobili on this one. He was a second round pick, and I go back to a certain playoffs, a certain a certain finals against the Nets, where we never saw Manu disappear in a finals series where we saw Tony disappear against the Nets and Speedy Claxton was the one who was the point guard to propel us to that title, per se. I know Tony's got the MVP for the finals. He's got one of those. Manu doesn't have one. Even though Manu should have had it against Detroit, I gave Manu that finals MVP. But nonetheless, I take Manu Ginobili by a slim margin because of where he was drafted, even though people that followed him knew he was going to be a special player already. So give me Manu Ginobili with 5A and Tony for 5B. And just missing, I mean, we're talking just missing it, was Alfredric Hughes, you know, back in, what, 1984, I believe, an 85 draft. The what poor guy, the thing he was most memorable for was his car crash on his way to San Antonio and just not getting his NBA career off to a great start. Why so you Alfredric, bring up you're stuff? on my honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got to bring up old stuff for? I don't I know, man. Even, I wasn't even born. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, Poor guy. God. You're, you're making us feel really old, Josh. Sorry, I had to. Yeah. Well, I think my top five are almost going to mirror Rudy's, really. I mean, at the end of the day, I got to go with number one being the the greatest power forward to ever play the game, and that's Tim Duncan, because if it wasn't for Timmy, we wouldn't have the chips that we have now. You know, I mean... He's the one that really changed this franchise around for the better. And with behind, behind one Tim Duncan, we've had this 20 plus, you know, years of, you know, excellence in the NBA with him and, you know, David Robinson. So I got to go number one, Timmy. Number two, got to go with the Admiral. I mean, when you saw David Robinson first come into this league, he was ahead of his time, man. Like he is the epitome of what it was to have a stereotypical big man that everybody's enjoying in the in the NBA today. That was David Robinson back in the day. I mean, when he was in his prime, I mean, the guy could do some amazing things out there on the court. Like he had amazing handles, great defender, could score the, you know, the ball. He had a great low post game. I mean, and you just loved him being able to get up there that first, you know, quick step that he had, you know, and just getting getting up there and, and being able to dunk the ball and, and just his athleticism and strength. I mean, he was the, the, the entire package, you know, you had David Robinson, you were going places, you know, he's a freak, man. Yeah, he was dude. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Like I think people don't really fully appreciate what David Robinson was in his, in his prime, you know, they need to go back and look at that, 
71 point game that he had was it uh, against the Clippers to win the yeah. scoring title um that was that was amazing I remember listening to that so number two on my list is, is going to be David Robinson number three I'm, I'm with you on that one Rudy take away the antics off the court mm -hmm. and all the troubles <laughs> that plagued one Alvin Robertson and he's number three he has mm -hmm. to be number three. I mean, for what he was able to do out there on the court in the early days of San Antonio Spurs basketball, when they had the baseline bums and they were playing in the Hemisphere Arena, it was all about Alvin. So he has to be number three. Number four on my list, this is where it gets interesting, you know, because I have to have an honorable mention somewhere on the outside looking in. And I made fun of Josh for not picking the great... Sean Elliott. <laughs> and I'm going to have to go with Manu Ginobili, you know, at number four. Without Manu, we don't win a lot of these playoff games because, I mean, Manu showed up. You know, there wasn't a series here that you could say, oh, he all but disappeared. He showed up, you know, and you got to appreciate what he was able to do. And not only did he show up, but he also gave up, you know, as Pop went ahead and had a talk with him and said, look, we just need you to come off the bench going to help the team he just said okay did his job became a role player and played it to perfection you know to me he's one of the best six men in the nba you know bar none as manu ginobili so he has to be there at number four and he beat team usa i mean come on they did mm -hmm. you know <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big deal <laughs> team argentina was was really clicking when they beat yeah. team usa and it had a lot to do with one manu ginobili manu ginobili mm -hmm. you know so and then the dude, I mean, single-handedly just took out a bat with his bare hands. That's badass, dude. Come on. He became a legend at that point, the legend that was Manu. So he had some big cojones. He gave his left one for the Spurs. Oh, yeah. Got nothing but respect. They should go ahead and put that left nut in the museum. Um, <laughs> maybe it has yeah, powers. I need to bump him up a spot. I forgot about that. Right. Maybe they can have it in a museum. It can bestow some powers on somebody, you know. <laughs> maybe Rudy will touch it. I don't know. <laughs> go that far. Yeah, right. But um huh. at number five, this was a, a really uh difficult one for me. Do I go Tony Parker or do I go Sean Elliott? My heart wants to go with Sean Elliott and put him in the top five, you know, because of the Memorial Day miracle. But at the end of the day, I gotta go with Tony Parker. Ooh. So sorry, Sean. I put you in an honorable mention list. But I'm going to give your Twitter out now, too. Yeah, my Twitter, Two Shots Podcast, <laughs> at Two Shots Podcast. It's all spelled out. T-W-O, Two Shots Podcast, Sean. Hit me up. But get mad at Josh first. <laughs> That's fair. That's so fair. I got to put Tony Parker in there. You know, he's been one of the San Antonio Spurs' best point guards. Uh, showed up not so much, you know, early in his career. Later on in, the career, in his career, especially in the 2014 NBA Finals. You know, he did what he needed to do to help this team win. And even though it stung in the 2013 finals when we lost against the Miami Heat because Coach Pop pulled out Tim Duncan, <laughs> it wasn't all on Tony Parker. He was battling out there. Uh, so I got to go ahead and tip my hat and give it to one TP9, you know, put him in the top five. So that's my top five list. What do you think, Rudy? You're going to shit on me for that or I did okay? <laughs> No, you, I mean, there's no way you can shit on any of the list. I mean, it's 
It's not our fault that we're picking top five and there's so many great players. I mean, you're leaving, we're leaving off guys like Johnny Moore, James Silas. I mean, yeah. you know, there, there's so many, when you're talking about all time Spurs, that's, you know, Devin Vassell. Yeah. <laughs> Soon to be Steve Vassell. Kerr? Yeah, it's like, we yes, have Steve hey. Kerr, Jaron um, Jackson, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's so many guys. So it's, you know, to get, leave Sean out, it's not necessarily disrespectful at all. Yeah. I mean, someone's going to be left out. It's so a top five. That's why list. you get the honorable mention. Yeah, it's a top five list. If we had a top ten, everybody would be in there, you know? <laughs> Everyone would be in there. I'm sure though Rudy would make room in there for Dwayne Shinsis, God rest his soul. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe Chuck yeah, Person, the rifleman. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Sutton, Willie Anderson. I mean, you got yeah. guys in there. Derek White was like the last pick, I believe. Derek White, 29th. You know who would yeah, not make value. you know who would not make Rudy's top ten? Guaranteed. Rod Strickland. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I know why. <laughs> well, I mean, you talk I, about heartbreakers. I was, I was hot dogging when I played basketball, but I wasn't at the NBA level. So, I mean, <laughs> if I was, I wouldn't make a behind the back pass. Even though Sean said it's not his fault, it's clearly it's kind of like, why would you ever do that? But don't bring up heartache right now. It's it's bad enough that yeah, we had you, to live through that. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about heartbreak? Witness that, and you know, live on TV. It stinks. Yeah. You know, that's what these fans don't realize. It hurts. You know, when you get back to the promised land, you have to go through the growing pains. And that's what I keep telling everybody. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, people are talking about we're, we're headed for a decade of uh, being mediocre. Oh, it's like, dude, it's been two years. Can you calm down? <laughs> two long years, Josh. Let's put it like that. And, and Twitter and Spurs Twitter years. We're already, yeah, what, five right. five years deep into this it's mess? Like, it's like dog years, I guess. Yeah. So it's more like Two years in Spurs Twitter 14. years is five years, bro. No doubt. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's yeah. brutal. I love you, Spurs <laughs> Twitter, but man, sometimes, guys, <laughs> it's too much. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go ahead and move on here. We're going to go and talk about some breaking NBA news, you know, namely former Spurs assistant coach Ume Doka being named the new head coach of the Boston Celtics. And I got to say, man, I'm really happy for the guy. He's paid his due. You know, he was an assistant coach here for the Spurs for quite some time. Studied under the great Greg Popovich. Moved on, you know, and studied under uh, Greg Popovich's disciples. You know, his products, his coaching branch here in in the NBA. And now he's getting his due, you know, to go out there and coach the Boston Celtics, which aren't aren't a horrible team they're they're in flux right now uh, after they went ahead and traded away Kemba Walker but they still have Jason Tatum and some you know some some decent talent there so again you know Boston will probably be what a seventh eighth seed in the east I I project maybe uh next year so if they have a good coach such as Ime Udoka, let's see what can happen you know so he's getting his time to shine couldn't be happier for him how do you feel about this Rudy? I'm ecstatic. I mean, Ime Adoka has been a hell of an assistant for so long. He deserves a shot at it. And to get the opportunity with Boston, with players such as Jason Tatum, also Jalen Brown, I mean, those two guys are already – Jalen Brown's already not an elite defender, but he's a very way above average defender already. To get a coach like Ime Adoka, who is defensive-minded, is going to be huge for them. They're going to – they're going to be a much better team because of Ime. I love the hire. I think it's it's not going to lead the championships from Boston. Not yet. They still got to build around these guys. But it's a hell of a start for the Brad Stevens uh, now GM era 
in Boston to get a hire like Yuma Adoka. Yeah. So how are you feeling about the hire? Uh, Josh, you liking this hire for Yuma Adoka? Oh, yeah. Great choice. I mean, it's like if you can't beat him, join him. Like they couldn't get Tim. They couldn't get Tony in those drafts. Um, at least they're getting a, a very quality defensive minded coach, like he said. Um, I'm also glad that Becky is still uh, hasn't <laughs> moved on yet. Um, but Ime definitely deserves it. He's paid his dues for a long time now, and um, he's going to do great there. I think he'll he'll have them somewhere toward the end of the East, like you said. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think Boston's going to be in good hands with Ime Idoka uh, leading the leading the team as their new head coach. Wish him nothing but the best, but just don't beat us when we play you, Ime. Just give us a solid. <laughs> go easy on us. <laughs> so next, we're going to go ahead and talk about. <clears throat> CP3, Chris Paul, looks like he's going to be available for game three. And I got to tell you, this game two against the Suns <laughs> and Clippers, it was like a novella from, from hell, dude. It had everything you wanted in there, you know? Uh, it was like Maria del Barrio from back in the day. <laughs> My family had me watching that trash, and I hated wow. it. It was so bad, I, I liked it. <laughs> I saw it. I just never understood it. I never understood it, but everybody was getting lit. Every time the girls would start fighting, my family was getting all crazy. So it was a novella. Spurs, I mean, the Suns and the, and the Clippers was a novella. And uh, it delivered, man. It, was, it had shades of the Spurs-Suns game, you know, where Tony Parker, you know, Steve Nash kind of clashed. Yep. You know, Steve Nash broke his nose, but it was a bloody, gory scene with Steve <laughs> Nash. Like his nose was just like hanging off, you know. By a yeah. thread, they put it together with glue or something. Yeah. And uh, Devin Booker, man, same same kind of scenario, you know, clashing of the heads, busted nose, had to go get stitches. Obviously, the dude had a broken nose because looked like he just finished doing a, you know, coming off from a UFC pay per view, you know. So <laughs> good for him for coming back, though, you know. And somehow, some way, the Suns wind up winning this game. In incredible fashion. I think it was like 0.9 seconds left on the clock <laughs> on an alley-oop. They wind up winning the game on an alley-oop dunk with time expiring. And the crowd just went nuts. It is probably one of the best plays that I have seen this thus far in, in the 2020-2021 NBA playoffs. I mean, it was one of those plays that's going to probably be uh, replayed over and over again. And it's going to go down in NBA history as one of the best plays in, in the NBA playoffs. So what did you guys think of the Suns-Clippers game? And what do you think about uh, CP3 coming back uh, for game three? We'll start with you, Josh. Yeah, that, that play was just otherworldly, man. The It already has the name. like They named it the Valley Oop, which is awesome. I love it's that like, name. Yeah, so, I mean, I was watching it. Uh, live when it happened i jumped out of my seat i was like no way i knew the rule about you probably scared the dogs jumping out of the seat <laughs> oh I, I i truly did yeah uh, <laughs> um and uh what was i going to say oh so the i knew that rule about how you know uh inbound is can't be like classified as a shot so you can just goaltend the crap out of it if you want which is what they did and that pass by crowder was just I mean, you've Spot seen the on. back angle of that. Yeah, just like from behind the backboard almost where he threw it, just pinpoint right over the rim. Just the 
the perfect play and I was already kind of like annoyed at how the Clippers were going to tie it without Kawhi. You know, you kind of know how my feelings are about the whole situation. Um, so you don't like seeing I, I, the X thrive with your with the new with the new boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not at all. Uh, so, and I don't know if you guys read about this or that came across to you, but um, Monty Williams after said that uh, that was a, a Brett Brown like uh, type of play. Like he kind of got that from Brett Brown and someone else. So of course I clung onto that and I was just like, boom, uh, a former Spurs coach is maybe getting Kawhi out of the playoffs. And so that's, that was a, we'll see though. They've come back from two, two down uh, three or twice already. So that's we'll the universe dishing one. out justice, Josh. That's what that is. Exactly. I, I wrote about that, you know, on after a couple glasses of wine last night, just got it up in the morning. Oh, so you, you were lit it's, for that game then. I was lit at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next morning I, I got it up and it's been blowing up all day. I was like, man, people still really love to read about Kawhi's struggling, even if he's injured. Um, I, I mean, I, I wish he could be playing in this series still. Obviously, I don't wish any injuries on anybody. I hope his ACL isn't as serious as, you know, uh, something that could be a, like a months long ordeal. But um, still nice to see the Clippers choke like that. <laughs> I'm sure Uncle will have Kawhi ready to go for Game Three. Oh yeah, he'll be. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. What about you, Rudy? What do you think about CP3 returning for Game Three? Do you think Kawhi will be available? And your thoughts on the, you know, alley oop, the valley oop dunk that won the Suns the games over the Clippers? Yeah, the valley oop was. Uh, it definitely had me out of my seat last night. Same thing with Josh. I I don't know, man. I just had a feeling that the Suns were going to pull it off somehow. I mean, when you look at the whole end of the game where it was, what, 22 seconds, took almost 33 minutes to finish oh, this game with all the reviews and replays and everything like that. I mean, it was a shit show from the refs, man. Yeah, it really was at the end there. But, you know, I just kind of it, it kind of is karma because they called that out of bounds uh, where Patrick barely knocked the ball out of bounds. But yet they went back to the it went to the Clippers. So I was kind of like, oh, there's got to be some karma involved in this. And there surely was. I mean, I'm just glad the Suns won. But with CP3 out, this was the absolute only chance that I felt that the Clippers could steal momentum away was with Game Two, and they—it's kind of like the uh, the the air just went out of the balloon the entire time, you know, for this game. They gave everything they got. Paul George gave everything he got. Are they done? Obviously not. They've come back from two over four. But with CP with CP three possibly coming back, all I, all I said was Cameron Payne had to show up, and the kid has been showing up in his absence. So it doesn't get any easier for the Clippers. I don't see Kawhi playing. If he plays, this is very very bad because you do not f with an ACL injury. You're looking at career ending mm -hmm. stuff if you really screw with it. So if the Clippers are desperate to win and get to the finals. You run him out here, but also keep in mind you are really screwing with this guy's career by doing that. Allow him to rest. Allow him to get ready for next season. Just don't worry about this season. But if they run him out there, I feel terrible for Kawhi. CP3 coming back just means that this Phoenix Suns team is going to be even better. I said that they win in the gentleman's sweep. Uh, for game, it's game five for them to five games total. 
I don't know, man. Now I'm seeing if CP3 comes back, no Kawhi Leonard, it might just be a sweep. The Clippers are going to be going fishing pretty quick here. It's like that Suns fan said, Suns in four, you know? Yeah. That's going to be an NBA staple for so many, many years. And if they win the title... I'm calling it now. If they win the title, that dude's gonna be on at the parade. parade somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> he needs somewhere to be. He needs to be on that bus. You know, the parade going downtown. You know. Yeah. And he needs for to. Sure. And they need for to give sure. that brother some some tickets to to the NBA Finals if the Suns make it. You know. <laughs> for real. So let's go ahead and, and and before we end the show, let me get your predictions because we have the start of the Eastern Conference Finals that's going to be coming up here with the Atlanta. Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, predictions. What do you think? To me, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and, and go with mine real quick. I think it's going to be an interesting series. I think the I think Atlanta will put up a valiant effort. But at the end of the day, I think this is not a, a matchup that's going to be conducive to them winning this series. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Even though I, I'm rooting for Atlanta, I really am. I'm just being realistic at this point. I think the the Bucks are going to go ahead and dispatch Atlanta in no less than five games. I I think Atlanta will, you know, come back and win one at least one game. But I think it's just going to be too much size and length and depth, you know, with the Milwaukee Bucks. It's going to do Atlanta in, you know. So let's go ahead and get your predictions. What do you think, Rudy? I I definitely can see where you're coming from. I mean, Milwaukee probably is thinking they can go blindfolded in this series and win this series easily. I still have it as a seven-game series. I mean, you're talking about Milwaukee, who, you know, they ended up sweeping Miami, which Miami wasn't a very good team to begin with. They ended up going seven games with Brooklyn. Now, Brooklyn, being one of the better teams in the East, did have some injuries in that whole series, so they didn't get a full, healthy Brooklyn Nets team here, and they struggled against Brooklyn. Look at the other side. Atlanta beat a a pretty good Knicks team who, you know, without Julius Randle appearing in the playoffs, uh, that really hurt the Knicks. But then you go and beat probably the best team in the East and probably one of the best teams overall in the league. And let's be honest, they were pretty much healthy in that series. And beat had some problems, but they were still healthy. Atlanta got the victory. When you've got that kind of momentum going into the next series, it could spell trouble for Milwaukee. I'm taking Atlanta for the upset in a seven-game series, four to three. I just think the youth of Atlanta is just a little too much for Milwaukee. Giannis is going to get his points, but as long as they can allow Chris Middleton to be a little contained and you get Trey Young to show up in more of these games than what he disappeared in the, in the Philadelphia series, there's no reason why Atlanta can't win. And also keep an eye. Kevin Horder. I mean, the kid is starting to emerge at the right time. I'm a Horder so fan. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> definitely keep an eye on Kevin Horder. I take, I'm taking the Hawks in seven. Oh, man, you're bold. You're going to put some money on the game? Uh, I Actually, I'm thinking about it. As soon as we log off here, I can hit my uh, my account, my secret account, and hit a, put a bet in there somewhere. There you go. Maybe we, we can borrow some money from, from Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> We're good for it, Carolina. We're good. <laughs> Well, what about you, Josh? What are your predictions for the Atlanta-Milwaukee series? Um, well, I, first of all, I think Rudy needs like a Charles Barkley guarantee button. Oh, man. Uh, in the next installment. <laughs> you have the ping pong balls prediction. fall from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I would also say that um, I, I do believe it's going to go a little bit longer. I don't I don't think uh, Trey Young is only going to win you know one game for the Hawks. I think this is going to go six. Um, I see Giannis as finally see, seizing the moment because he's had several times where they should be the favorites. They should they should be coming out of the East. They shouldn't have lost to Miami. <laughs> before um so this is their time now there's no lebron over there there's no reason uh Giannis, you know he's two-time mvp like it's it's time for him to show why and i think he he finally will uh maybe we'll get some some uh performances from bryn forbes out there for (laughs) for milwaukee and then spurs twitter will go crazy Um, watch bryn forbes have a 40 point game (laughs) yeah I would see. I could see Atlanta stealing the first one um, tonight, and then getting another one at home down the road. Uh, but ultimately, I think the Bucks are going to pull this out and make it to the finals, and hopefully play Phoenix. Well, there you go. So that's your prediction. Well, we gave our predictions. We want to hear about your predictions. Who do you think is going to win this series? Hit us up on Twitter. As we bring the show to a close, we're going to go ahead and go around the horn here. And we're going to go ahead and give Rudy and Josh a chance to, to plug what they got coming up and also where you can follow them on social media. We'll start with you, Josh. What do you got coming up and where can they follow you on social media? Yeah, so you can follow me at Josh810 on Twitter. Um, a lot of stuff for Project Spurs and Air Alamo on there. Like we mentioned earlier, there's a top 12 realistic picks that I put together with the help of Ben um, Bornstein for likely draft picks um also i'm doing stuff almost daily on air alamo my latest one was about brett brown possibly taking Kawhi out indirectly of the playoffs um so if you want to read some minor Kawhi slander every now and then mixed with draft free agency talk and just all around spurs news and and memes follow me on twitter at josh 810 I know Rudy will definitely be reading that because he likes some Kawhi slander here and there, you know? It's been blowing up, man. It is blowing up. I don't know what is happening, but it is blowing up. <laughs> well, it involves Uncle. Of, it involves Kawhi and Uncle. Yeah. It's going to blow up, guaranteed. guaranteed. <laughs> I guess so, man. I need to start brainstorming just one a week. <laughs> yeah, you should get an interview in with Uncle, dude. Let's see what's going on with Kawhi. Give us a skinny, oh, Uncle. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't put myself through that. He'll probably charge you a lot of money, though, to get the interview. <laughs> probably. He would, demand, he would come up with a list of demands. Uh, he'd like want he your house. He'd want to go to the Lakers. Yeah, a new car. Kind of <laughs> you know, he'd want everything. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> and Rudy, where can they follow you on social media? And what do you all have coming out for Sports Diamond also for Sweep the League? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Sweep the League. And tonight, actually, we are uh, going with the uh, Sweep the League podcast, 7 to 8. It's going to be on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitch, and YouTube. So we're pretty much all over everywhere. So catch us there. We're talking about Wander Franco's debut, MLB debut, which is a pretty magnificent debut. Also, the uh, lottery, Spurs prospects, NBA uh, playoff talk. And I got to always say the weird news of the Sunshine State as well coming up. Sports time, I want to say I'm going to break a little bit of news, but I want to say Carolina might not be there this week. So you, you, She got suspended uh, again? No, she didn't get suspended. <laughs> it's, her birth, it's her birthday weekend, so no. she's going to take the time off. So uh, I'm going to see if I can, you know, burn down the sports dime this weekend, you know, so hopefully there's something that she can come back to when she comes back in a couple yeah. of weeks. But 
Yeah, it's uh, sports times 10 to 11 every Sunday on 9.30 a.m. The answer. We have a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, we, we got wrestling this weekend, too. So I'll be at the uh, RCW event as well. Uh, catch me out there this weekend. So let's have a lot of fun as always. Cool, cool. So I guess what, Caroline's going to be 24 again this year? Yeah, she never reveals her age, so she's I think going on seventeen or eighteen. I think yeah. we're gonna we're gonna put her back in the teens yeah. right now. I, I think I put her closer to like twenty seven, twenty eight. But we'll, we'll say you're twenty four again this year. It's another cake that has a number two four on it again, Carolina. Yeah, I've been thirty for the last twelve years. So oh, there you go. Mm. There you go. Yeah, we don't reveal our, our our ages here. We keep those close to the vest. If I take off my hat, I still got some hair on. You know, I'm, but I don't want to show yeah. my grace. <laughs> well, anyway, man, we'll go ahead and bring this show to a close. And you can go ahead and follow me at Two Shots Podcast. It's all spelled out, T-W-O, Two Shots Podcast. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So make sure you go and follow us for all the greatest and latest that's going on with the San Antonio Spurs. And make sure you go and follow our good friends over at Project Spurs for all the great coverage that they bring you regarding San Antonio Spurs basketball. Again, that's ProjectSpurs.com. So for Rudy Campos Jr. and Josh Paredes, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace.